All right, welcome, guys. Welcome back to Blunt Instruments. Uh, this is episode, uh, I don't know, <laughs> and uh, we are joined by a special guest host today slash interviewee, but before we introduce him, I, as usual, am Luke. This is Jake. What's going on, bud? Hey, mate. How are you? Good, good. So, yeah, do you want to let everybody know who uh, decided to join us today? We're very lucky to have him. We are we are joined today by Lorenzo, who's over at Omega Bond Watches. How are you, Lorenzo? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming, man. Happy birthday to you. We are recording on his birthday. <laughs> yeah, I know. A little pressure here, you know. Just tack on another year and tack on an interview. Uh, well, the real question is, did you tack on another Omega today as well? <laughs> uh I don't know. We'll see. Ooh, ooh, I hope so. <laughs> no. I don't know if I've ever been more turned on in my life in any way, shape, or <laughs> With that said, um, so yeah, before, uh, so basically this this episode, everybody, we're going to, we're going to dive into Omega Watches specifically within the James Bond universe, but before we do so, we're going to take a little bit of time and get to know Lorenzo. Obviously, we're very lucky to have him on here, um, in my opinion. And I believe in Jake's opinion as well, the Omega Watch expert in the community. So perfect person to have on in this episode. Probably should have had him on when we did the watch episode, but you know, he can lampoon us later in the episode if he feels <laughs> like. But uh, but yeah, so before we get started, let's just jump into the usual question. So Jake and I always like to ask what exactly got you into Bond? More specifically, what was a question I really like to ask: What's your first memory of Bond itself? Any any way, shape, or form? But what was your first memory of Bond? Uh, my first memory of Bond kind of started with a lot of the people my age. You know, I'm in my early 30s, and you know, N64 Goldeneye. I mean, I know we this is getting like beaten like a dead horse, but that was my introduction to Bond, and um, I just remember as an 11 year old going over to my buddy's house. And, you know, there was no online gaming at that time. And this was the game, you know, of the mm-hmm. like the mid-90s. And I didn't really understand that GoldenEye was attached to this franchise with abundance of history. You know, like, it was just like, oh, this game's fun. And it was something that all everyone our age, you know, they were playing it. So um, that's kind of like where the introduction started. And then it just snowballed from there. I basically found out there was a movie. And mm-hmm. the truth is, is I saw Tomorrow Never Dies before I saw GoldenEye. So it was oh, kind damn. of funny. How, it's funny how that worked out, but it was yeah. uh, that that was my first Bond movie was Tomorrow Never Dies. Interesting. Yeah, my 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 intro is the same with with GoldenEye. Um, but yeah, I I liked how you said that you had no idea that there was. That's a very good way to put it by saying that you not only did you not know there was a movie attached to it, but that abundance of history as well. Because I remember the first time I saw Goldeneye, I was like, this is like a shot for shot of the game. Like almost like oh, the yeah. game came first. <laughs> so with that, who's your favorite Bond? Was it Pierce Bosnan from those memories or have you caught up with the times and we've got a Daniel Craig fan as well? This is... um. This is a, like a complex answer because Pierce was my introduction to Bond. And, you know, at that time, that's who James Bond was. And I remember, you know, when I first started diving into Bond and finding out about the movies and stuff, everyone's like, Sean Connery. And I was like, who? 
you know, like you don't know who that is, is an 11 year old, you know? And, um, I actually never went back and watched, you know, John or Roger until later on. And, um, I always thought Pierce was bond. That's it. And, and that's where I left it. And then we had that hiatus after, um, die another day. And I heard that Pierce was going to do a fifth movie and I'm like, okay, cool. Business as usual. And then he, all of a sudden it's like, no, he's done. And I didn't know what to think, you know, and I kind of went through this with, I was a huge Batman fan as a kid. So when Michael Keaton wasn't going to be Batman anymore, that was like my first, whoa, like that's Mm -hmm. Batman. Like there's no one else that's Batman. And I kind of went through it with that. So I kind of understood by this time, like, okay, this is what happens. And when Daniel was announced, I didn't really have an opinion. I was just like, great, we're getting a Bond movie and we're getting a reboot. I was like, I want, I want something new. And it's been so long. And there was a lot of people, he's blonde, he's blonde. And I was just like, you know what? I want to see what this guy can do. And I never saw Layer Cake until after Bond. Let's be honest. Yeah. No one's seen that movie until after he was James Bond. It's an amazing movie. But um, to, to get back to the, the question, uh, Daniel is my favorite Bond. And um, I think it's because I stepped away from Bond after Pierce kind of left stage, right? And Daniel took over and just seeing Casino Royale in theaters. And for me, the moment that really sticks out is, I don't know if you remember, but like him and Vesper go to meet Mathis and you just see that shot of the town. You see the Aston Martin just roaring right through. And like, I'm just like, whoa, like this isn't a BMW. This is Aston Martin. This, this Bond is different. So for me, it was just like Daniel just hit this, point for me that just made it like something that i was like okay this is my guy right here right yeah right yeah i was the same i remember i like my thing was i remember people in the uk getting really upset about daniel craig being blonde and um of course i didn't care his hair didn't matter to me as much as the fact that he just wasn't pierce brosnan at first i was just like there's you know what i mean and i was the same like i i think i watched sean and roger pretty early on, like kind of maybe within a year or two of discovering, you know, the films. But um, I just remember people being super pissed off that Daniel Craig was coming on. And then like once Casino Royale came out, all my friends were like giving me a hard time about it, him not being Pierce. I remember I was like ready to fight everybody. And that's like not even my style. I was like, you watch your damn mouth. I was like, he is a god. (laughs) Oh, I think though, like um, they, because I was living in, in England at the time and just the way they announced him I always think they screwed that up a bit like the idea behind him coming in on the boat was cool and that but like he had long blonde hair like his locks were like flowing in the wind and that and he even though what he was doing looked very James Bond he did not look like James Bond he didn't look like what he did on the film and like I remember I was all part of the hype back then like nah nah this bloke's not James Bond but that's because I was living in England and read the sun so you know we live and learn Um... bright light said it gonna set my soul gonna set my soul on fire got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn so get those stakes up higher there's a thousand pretty women waiting out there They're all living the devil may care And I'm just a devil with love to spare So Viva Las Vegas Viva Las Vegas 
How I wish that there were more than 24 hours in the day Even if there were 40 more I wouldn't sleep a minute away Oh, there's blackjack and poker and the roulette Yeah, so... I have another question for you. This one I like to I like to ask everybody too to tie in kind of with the first one. Slightly different but very important. What is your fondest Bond memory? I know there's certain people that like uh Jason Kim talked about watching it Thanksgiving with his dad in Korea. Um, you know, certain people talk about trips that they've taken to Bond locations. What would you say is your fondest Bond associated memory at this point? I think at this point, I would say, and this kind of goes back to um, the whole thing of family, like you just mentioned, and um, I lost my dad last year, and we weren't like, it wasn't something we shared together, but um, he knew that the watches meant a lot to me, mm-hmm. and he was definitely one that was like, which one are you getting next? You know, what what watch is it that, that that's going to be next in your collection? And... Um, it makes me think back to Spectre because um, I made my first trip across seas and I went to London and I missed the premiere because they had moved it up. So I had booked the trip for the release date, not knowing amateur hour here. And I got there three days after the Royal premiere. So I missed all the fun stuff, but it was just for me, that was like a big moment to like actually walk in the footsteps of bond and mm-hmm. be in these places where the films have been, you know, shot and just feel that atmosphere because let's be honest walking through new york is a lot different than walking through the streets of london oh yeah yeah and for me it was just like i was just i felt like i just uh, like emerged myself in in the world of bond and anywhere you go there like you could just be going to lunch you can feel that you know those feelings you feel when you're watching on screen i was feeling that as i was like cruising the streets of uh, london so that Mm -hmm. was like probably my biggest bond moment i mean getting watches is you know it's one thing you know it's on my wrist there's memories attached to it but going and and walking so like at this point 25 films of history you know it was that was a really cool thing to experience yeah yeah i'm sorry to hear about your dad i didn't know that and i know um was it your 21st birthday from what i remember was your first omega from your parents is that do i remember correctly Yes, that's right. Um, yeah. So, so for my 21st birthday, and it's funny because Casino Royale, Casino Royale came out, and I it just was kind of like this jump start. And it's it's funny because you look at Pierce and you look at Daniel, and the styling of both characters at their in their time and era is so different. And I know you guys can see like all the sartorial aspects of Daniel have just taken off. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying Pierce wasn't stylish. It's just it wasn't a focus of the character back then. And now right. it's like such like this other world, you know, and a lot of that, you know, the name is going to come up eventually. But David Zaritsky is a big, big reason for that being, you know, in the forefront, him and Remmer over at James Bond Lifestyle. So those are the guys I've followed for years, you know, and quietly. But yeah. they, they're like, to me the forefront of, of all that. And it was mm-hmm. really attached to Daniel's bond. So, yeah, well, that that 21st birthday gift now obviously has even more sentimental value, which is definitely an important piece in your collection, I'm sure. It's funny because um, I don't know if I actually I might have talked about this when I did my my video about it, but um, I always wanted the Pierce watch. I mean, I mm-hmm. think for a lot of us in our age group, that's the watch to have is the one Pierce wore 
during his tenure. And um, when Daniel came on the scene, I didn't really know there was a difference between the two. You know, I was still kind of getting into things. And then they had the limited edition come out for Quantum with, you know, the black lacquer dial and the 007 on the face. I didn't know any better. I was just like, it's a limited edition, so there's not going to be many of them. So this would be perfect to mark this occasion. But hindsight being 2020, I probably should have just went for the screen accurate one that I really wanted, which I ended, mm-hmm. eventually ended up getting. But, yeah, it's just um, – it, it's a big memory. Getting your first watch, and, and I know you guys have gone through it already yourselves – Mm-hmm. It's something that is, it's like, okay, this is like, this is an, an adult purchase. And um, for me, it was just, I said, I made a choice that I want to live a more dapper life. And I want to make sure that I'm doing things that elevate my life and make me feel good about myself. And wearing a watch every day is one of those things for me. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I remember uh, after watching GoldenEye as a kid, I always wanted that Seamaster 300. And, um, I think I asked my dad years and years ago, I was like, can you buy me a watch similar? Of course was like a fossil. And I was so small as a kid. I'm pretty sure it was a woman's fossil. <laughs> but I just, I just remember being like, what can I do? He's like, wash my car, wash your mother's car, uh, cut the lawn, do this. And then I'll take you. Um, and like, I regret not having that one at this point, but you know, I think you and I also talked about on your live stream that day that uh the first luxury watch i ever had was was my tag that was given to me by my dad too so that one being the first luxury watch will always hold sentimental value and then with the eventual purchase of this three seamaster 300m that i have now will as well but uh i'm interested in hearing you know everything every story attached to each one you have so uh well (laughs) yeah so basically Everyone knows the story of my first one, and to me, like, I hope this is sound horrible, but I'm not really a, a big proponent of the Omegas that have all this 007 emblazoning all over them. I'm not, mm-hmm. that, that's not what makes it special to me. What yeah. makes it special to me is that when you see on screen, this is something that in the world of James Bond, he would be selecting or it'd be given to him, and I love that connection to it. I love when mm-hmm. I in the theater and I see it on the screen. I'm like, I remember how I felt at that moment when I saw it on screen, you know? Mm -hmm. And when I finally bought my first screen accurate one, which was the 300 uh, M from Casino Royale, it was, it was kind of surreal almost, you know? And I, I bought it secondhand because they weren't producing that model anymore. And I just, I remember taking it out of the box because I bought it off eBay and I put it right next to my other one, and it was. I know it looks like the same watch, but I'm telling you, it had such a different feeling for me. Mm-hmm. Anytime I wore that particular watch, I'm thinking about the movie. I'm thinking about the the you know the train scene with Vesper. Like all these things come to my mind, and it almost is like this like elevating moment for me when I put that watch on every day. Is like, hey, I, I can take on the world damn it mm-hmm. you know so yeah that buying that watch for myself for the first time i think was like that big leap of like okay now you have the one that that you've been eyeing for a long time and that emotional connection to being a kid was there mm-hmm. yeah and i'm sure you guys i'm sure luke you especially can relate to that when you got your 300 i mean it's it's a weird feeling putting that watch on you just start thinking oh yeah a time when it's just not you're like how am I ever going to own something like this? 
Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, too, because, uh, you know, I obviously you and I were talking in and around the time I got it, maybe a week or so before and then after. And um, so it's the same model as the GoldenEye, but there was a slight difference. You were kind of letting me know with like the three and the 300 on the face and things like that. But like for me, it's like when I, I in oddly enough, Goldeneye being, you know, my introduction to the series, it was always important for me to just have the, you know, the 300M, the three CMS for 300M. But as I got older and then when it became a thing, you know, and if, if you look at it, it's like, we're talking 21 years. It took me to, to finally get this watch. You know, if I was seven, eight years old being obsessed with it truly. And I, you know, like I said, I was wearing a woman's fossil. Like I'm not screwing around. Like I wanted this shit when I was like seven years old. It's not a joke. So, um, but one it's, it's just weird because obviously golden eye sticks out for me, but, and I've got it on spoiler alert. I said to Jake, I was like, maybe I should put it on since we've got Lorenzo coming on the show. Uh, uh, I'm getting little glances right now if you're, if you're watching. Yeah. And I'm, sitting there, I'm like, oh, good. We're all ready for this. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, we're ready. Jake was a little more prepared, but I was like, hold on. Like, give me a minute. But in, um, in Tomorrow Never Dies in Shanghai or whatever it is, when they're in that, like, uh, beat up whatever. Yes, yes. And then all the everything turns. And he, he grabs it and he kind of holds it like this in a sense. And he's like, this looks familiar and then puts it on. I was like, if I had a drawer with 10, 20 of these things, like, oh my God. So when I finally held it in my hand, because one thing that I haven't done up until actually owning my own was go to a boutique and, and try one on. I was like, I can't even bother such myself a, with that such a tease bro yeah yeah such and i'm glad i never did it i mean even walking in there after i got it and i was like hey should i uh you know add or change any links or blah 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 and and she held had me hold up my wrist and she's like no it's perfect and i was like i'm not even gonna look around i was like also do you have any uh bond related magazines before i leave but <laughs> but yeah so something something about that scene in tomorrow never dies when he holds it up is my my uh you know kind of a nostalgic moment when I actually held it for the first time. Oh yeah. I remember hearing your hearing, uh, when you did talk about getting it, when you guys did your first watch, um, podcast and that you were like, I can't leave the house. I'm waiting for it to come. I know that feeling. We've all been there. There's something coming in the mail uh-huh. and it's just your whole day is revolving around this package. And of course they come at like eight 59 PM, you know, they're uh-huh. dropping it off last stop. You're like, come on, man. But yeah, I totally get that. I totally understand that connection completely. What about yeah. you, Jake? What's the story behind yours? Yeah, I was just yeah, going to say, tell us yours. His is a good one. He's got a good story on it. Oh, I yeah. love it. Mine's a little bit strange, I suppose, compared to the more traditional sense of, you know, once in one for a long time, going out and buying one. Like I had a, same as Luke, actually, I had a tag. I think I got that for my 21st birthday. That was probably my first sort of introduction into, you know, watches that weren't a Casio. Um, and then... I actually went off and bought a Jager Lecature Reverse Eye and probably had that for maybe about two years and I just never wore it. Like it was, for people who might not sort of know, it's it's a very sort of skinny watch. It's a rectangle sort of face and it it was like a gold. It wasn't like a gold, it was gold. And um, it was just <laughs> so soft and that, that like if you looked at it funny, it would get a scratch. And... I was just petrified of wearing this thing. And then 
my wife was just like, why why do you even have this? It sits in your drawer and you you keep it for black tie events that you've never been to. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's probably a good point. So I actually ended up just trading that in. And then whilst I was there, there was an Aquaterra. And I was literally sort of thinking, I, I know that I wanted a Bond watch and I could not decide for the life of me if I wanted to Planet Ocean, which sort of way I wanted to go and... I ended up going for the Axera pretty much because it was there. And for me, it was, that was what I always saw as Daniel Craig's Bond's everyday watch. Just the way that he's worn them throughout the films, I thought, that's perfect for me. I still wear a suit to go to work. It looks good with a suit and I can still wear it on the weekend with a T-shirt. And that, that was probably where the obsession starts. And I think like all of us, you know, I, I have gone into the boutique. I have looked at the No Time to Die watch and I pretty much had to be dragged out of there by security. Just like, no, no, five more minutes, I want it. Um, but, yeah, I suppose it's not the traditional sort of, you know, going out, buying it from brand new. It was more sort of a bit of bit of happenstance whilst I was there, but I just couldn't imagine not having an Omega now. Like, it's, you know, you wake up every morning, stick it on, and that's, that's the end of it. But, yeah, I think... I think the No Time to Die one's got my name on it somewhere, but yeah, I have my wife so, still asleep and not hearing that. So here's a fun fact for you guys. The first Omega I actually walked into a store and bought it was the new watch. Every yeah. other watch has come through, you know, some kind of crazy story or online, and it's it's an experience, I'll tell you that. Like, walking into the store and saying, like, Hey, I think I'll put a down payment on this Ferrari now. Yeah. <laughs> put it on my wrist. It's uh it's uh it's a kind of surreal feeling, but I think at some point everyone should experience that like going into it's like kind of going to the car lot and buying a brand new car. Like at some yeah. point in your life that might happen to you. Most of the time, you know, like for me personally, I buy used cars. That's what I used to do. And then, you know, I just got a brand new car and it's the first time I've ever done that. And it's eerily similar how they feel. You know, you go in, but when you truly want something, when the the price tag's there and you know, like, look, this, these things are exuberant amounts of money. Like, I'm not going to justify the cost of any of these watches because, I mean, they're luxury items. I mean, we all know that. But when you know you want it, that seems to just kind of melt away. And yeah. it's just all about that moment of, like, putting it on and wearing it and, you know, just being completely content that, yes, I have it, you know, and... Mm -hmm. Like I sound like a sick person that has a problem or something. <laughs> you think you think you're I on have... a James Bond podcast, mate? We're all in the same boat, don't worry. <laughs> That's right. I was gonna say I you're basically was... like an AA right now for Bond fans. <laughs> I was like, I think this is a support group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, so I can totally relate with you. Like when you walk in the store, and it's so for me the that feeling you're having right now with the new watch, I had that with the last watch, yeah. and. So kind of to tie back into my other story, um, I was going there for the for the movie, for the premiere, I thought, <laughs> and my flight was a week away, and the Mega Boutique here in um, Las Vegas did, uh, like, a special event. There was, you know, Vesper Martinis, there was Bollinger Champagne, you know, and they have the watches out, you put it on, you buy it. <laughs> so I remember, I remember going to this event, and I'm like, I'm about to go on a trip. Like, it's all good. I took my mom with me. So it was a nice little memory to take my mom and, you know, do that with her. And I'm sitting there. I put it on. And as, as soon as I put it on, I was like, I have to have this. I must have this watch. Mm -hmm. So 
I, um, at that time I had taken every cent I had to go on this London trip and I couldn't afford to buy the watch, you know, and me having the pride that I have, I definitely wasn't going to turn to my mom and be like, Hey, by the way, I'm going to London, but I was wondering if you could spend, you know, $7,500 on this watch so I could just feel like a real boss right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, I'm not doing that. So of course I was like, I'll deal with it when I get back. I'll just, I'll figure something out. I'll get the money together, whatever I got to do. And at this point I only owned, I only owned two watches. I had, you know, my first one and then I had the Casino Royale um, Diver. So Mm -hmm. this is a big jump going from, you know, essentially a $4,000 watch up to like something that's almost double the one that you currently have, like the whole collection you currently have. Right. So I go on the trip, have an amazing time, come back. That watch is gone. I mean, sold out, never going to see it again. And it became an obsession for two years. I mean, I am looking up pictures. I am posting them on my Instagram page, my personal one. And people are getting sick of me. They're like, st- they're unfollowing me. They're like, dude, stop posting. Pictures. <laughs> You're a sick man. And I was like, and all I remember saying to my mom is, is like, I, I screwed up. That's what I told her. I was like, I screwed up. This this watch, it was the first time, you know, they did the watch in the movie. It was limited edition, and I missed the boat. And all I'm seeing is is the value rising and rising. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I'm just, I want to kill myself. How, how upset <laughs> I am to pull the trigger on it. So fast forward two years later, I... I, I, end, I end up selling my house because I'm building a new house. I, I had some equity in it, and I had some extra money. And I said, the first thing I said when I sold that house is, I'm buying that watch. I don't care what it costs. I don't care what I have to do to get one. I want to find one, preferably, that's brand new. And mm-hmm. there was two left, two left um, on chronos24.com. I think one was in China, and then one was in uh, London. And I... I don't know. I was a little sketched out at buying one in China because, like, I mean, I just it just doesn't make me comfortable. And the one in London was at a um, a jewelry store, a small boutique um, jewelry store, and I guess they were um, selling it on consignment for someone. Yeah. And so I remember ringing them up, and I'm like, "Hey, um, do you sell this watch?" And they're like, "Yes." And I'm like, "And it's unworn." They're like, "The owner has never worn this watch." And I'm like, "How much is it?" And they're like, "It's a." Uh, I forget how many pounds it was, but it was the equivalent to $10,500. So I'm taking a huge hit to buy this watch. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, this was that moment where I was just like, I don't care. I want it. So I bought it. And so like you were waiting for your (laughs) watch, Luke, to come in the mail. I'm sitting there. I'm like, they're going to overnight it. I'm going to have it by tomorrow. And Mm -hmm. mail stuck in customs for two weeks. Oh, God. Yes. It was like the worst Two weeks ever <laughs> going home every day thinking it's gonna be there. It's not there, that, and so I, yeah. Oh, 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 it's a nightmare. And That's so, it right there, right? <laughs> uh, yes, I actually have it on right now. So oh, for God. obviously no one's gonna be able to see it, but you guys. But I wore it today because I I just I was I don't for some reason this watch I tend to neglect it the most because it's like the golden boy. I don't want to like mm-hmm. I don't want it to get messed up. I, when I wear it, it's a special occasion and it's just. I love the new one, but this one, because of how much I pined away for this watch and what it took to get it, it it's just it's on a whole nother level in my book. You know, yeah. it's the two week game, dude. I was on, I don't Jake, was it in the episode 
when the doorbell rang or did we cut that out? No, no, it was like the longest episode I think we've ever done because people obviously wouldn't hear it, but halfway through the episode, we just stopped for half an hour. So you could go and pick up your watch and turn it on. We're, we're talking about it. So we were on the phone for like two and a half hours just talking about your watch. And the episode's probably, what, 20 minutes long. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's that's great. Uh, I've got a question, like, on the, I suppose, on the new one with how you're talking about the value. Do you see that happening with the the new one or not so much because it's not as limited edition? Um, so this is a, a popular topic among collectors and Bond fans. Um, a lot of people feel like the watch is overpriced and Omega is like gouging the customers and, you know, they're taking advantage and, you know, it's not limited edition, so it shouldn't be this much. And, and the reality is, is in my book is if you look at Omega as a brand and you look at what the materials are using to make the watches, mm. their titanium watches start around eight grand. Yeah, just a regular off-the-shelf titanium watch, and this watch is titanium. It's all titanium. So I mean, yes, it doesn't have a ceramic bezel. Yes, it doesn't have a liquid bezel bezel, but it's still a titanium watch at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And the materials cost money, and that's what they charge for their titanium watches. Will do I predict there will be a drop in the value? Of course. There will be a drop in the value. It's up to you to decide if you want a secondhand one or if you want to put the marks on the watch that you're buying. And for me personally, with what happened with the Spectre watch, I was prepared for anything. I, in my head, I was like, this watch is going to be about 10 grand. I, yeah. I, in my head, I was like, that's what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And I prepared myself for that. And so I wasn't shocked when it happened. But the thing that was the biggest disappointment, and I, I'd love to hear your guys' opinion on this, is – the watch is amazing. I love the watch. I love the material. It's something completely different that we hadn't seen. And that's what I wanted the most. However, the packaging and the presentation of this watch, mm-hmm. i it's a huge miss in my book. Mm-hmm. Huge miss. Especially after getting you know, the Spectre watch in such a great box and, and all these goodies in it. It's just like, okay, the travel case is cool, but what else comes with it? I mean, yeah. right. Right. Yeah, I agree 100%. Like, I think when I first saw that, the, you know, the green sort of that canvasy sort of color um, case and that, I just thought, you know, for me as a watch collector, I like having the box. I know that, you know, I, I haven't used it for my one, but it was weird because there was my watch and then there was one that was like five grand more than my watch and they'd actually changed the boxes in between. So I got this really nice, like polished wooden box that's probably worth more than the watch. And then, the, you know, the next one up is like this tatty old red Omega case. And I don't know, I just, for me, if you're buying it for the watch and that's always going to be the case. And I think, you know, that's, that's what you're buying it for, but it is still a luxury brand. And, mm-hmm. you know, especially with this film, where I've actually gone out and bought things. I appreciate the things that are packaged nicer. Like I went out and bought a pair of Crockett and Jones and I loved how they presented them compared to maybe the Drakes, for example. I know that's, it's a different sort of thing, but you're still spending a lot of money for shoes and you're spending a lot of money on a watch and how I get that through the post or pick it up. I want it to, I want it to be special and almost want to have that sort of, you know, fanfare behind it because you're going to keep that stuff with, mm-hmm. you know, we we've talked about it we're obsessed with this film we love it we want to keep all this stuff i want it to be as big and loud as it can be but yeah that's probably just me and i totally agree with that what do you got on that where are you at 
Well, I'm I'm the same. So for me, I mean, it's what MSRP between ten and eleven grand. I think for that, no time to die. For me, it's like, you know, that you can't, you know, like you compared it to buying a new car. But at the same time, I agree with that completely. But at the same time, when you're spending, say, hypothetically, we'll say eleven grand on a watch, when you could buy a car for eleven grand, it wouldn't be the greatest car, but mm-hmm. you still could. Yeah, we're talking. It's, sh- you know, like Jake said, it should be in the nicest box in the nicest presentation. I mean, I get, I get where they're coming from, but it's just, I don't know. You know, it's, I don't know. It's just difficult because even if, if in no time to die, there's certain scenes like with the NPL sweater and different things where he's got more of like a Navy seal esque look to him. He's still James Bond at the end of the day. And he's just high class, high luxury all the way around, you know, I mean, for me, it's just, you know, that, that should have been included as a travel clay, a travel case on the side. And you should have got, you know, in my opinion, maybe like a wooden box. I think Jake, you and I must have the same box, but I would say like for that watch, maybe a darker finish, like a much darker finish on the wooden watch or, or the wooden case, something different, but the travel case should have been like a little bonus feature, not the main packaging. Exactly. And, and the thing that, that, continues to boggle my mind is, is they didn't have they didn't have the <laughs> the decency to put the watch tool in there where there's a slot clearly for that now i'm hoping i'm wrong and that's for something else and we just don't know yet mm-hmm. but at this moment i'm treating it as that's what it is and it's it's like you guys came and put the watch tool in there or you can't just sell one watch and include the nato with it it's like right. you got either the nato version for a thousand less or the bracelet version, but you're sold out of all the bracelet versions, so people are having to buy the NATO version and then come back to you to buy the bracelet for fifteen hundred dollars more. Like it's just like right. It's the Bond watch. One watch. Like just yeah. package it all right. together, throw the book at it, and let's just be done with it. Right. You know? And it just you know, it just it, it's just a bad taste, to be honest you with you. Spectrum mm-hmm. watch being so great. Right. Actually, so that's a that's a perfect segue here. So I had two questions for you. Number one, it's a two-parter, so I guess we can start with this one. With the Spectre watch, explain the packaging and the presentation for that one because I'm not too familiar with it. And then number two, I have heard – David Zariski did a whole video on it. I have heard some pretty scary things about Omega's customer service with certain aspects, presentation, different things that it, he's experienced. And I've, I've seen it on forums and stuff like that, and – in a sense, uh, I've been in there now since I've had mine maybe three times, and I could say two of the three times I wasn't like mind blown with the attention to detail and different things. But so yeah, first start with the Spectre watch presentation, then second, if you can let us know what at least what your personal experience had been with actually dealing with Omega directly. Sure. Um, so the Spectre packaging. Um, it's a massive box, first of all. Mm-hmm. Like the boxes you guys have, which is the standard, well, now the standard, the old ones were the red ones, the tiny ones that tend to fall apart. So they change them to the nice lacquered wooden boxes. They're very nice. You can store your cards in there. You can store extra links, maybe even a NATO strap underneath. Those are great. But this Spectre box is probably, I would say, mm, I'd say it's double the size of that box. And Isn't it black? It's black. It's got a lock on it. Obviously, the code's 007, which that's a nice little, you know, I like it. It's Mm -hmm. cute. 
And um, it just, it just <laughs> I'm said, sensing, I'm sensing a little bit of. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't like to give. What I would have preferred is you can set the luck to wherever you want. I think that yeah. would have been even better because I mean, yeah, double seven, I get it, but there should have been. I felt like there should have been the ability to change the mm-hmm. co- combo to whatever you want because then it becomes a safe for the watch, you know, essentially. Right. But that's such a little thing. I don't even care. But I love it because it's black lacquer the box, and on top just very small omega and then the button has the omega logo and then you have the the lock there and then you open it up and this is the part where i'm upset about the new watch i love when you open up the box and right there on the on the front of it on the inside it says specter across the off the uh, you know across the top i don't mind when they do that fan stuff for packaging i think that's great it's like okay Mm -hmm. this is the specter watch and you know, you have the watch there, and then there's actually, like, it's a separator. So you have the watch. It's very clean. And then you lift up this little flap. And then in there, you have a watch tool that is, you know, color combo to match everything that's going on in the set. You have a watch loop, which the um, the ring around it is actually the same as the bezel on the watch. So, I mean, it's those little details, you know. Have I ever had to bust out that loop to, like, check out something on my watch? No. But I appreciate when I open the box and I see it there, or if I'm sharing it with someone, that's a cool little thing to be like, oh, you know, if you want, you can't quite see if there's a mark on your watch or something, you can use this to magnify and and check it out. Great. Mm -hmm. I'm all into that gimmicky stuff. I like it. And then it comes with a special cloth to wipe your watch down with. And then, best of all, it comes with a brushed bracelet. So not only did you get the NATO... You got the bracelet to go with the watch. A lot of people don't put the bracelet on there because I think, you know, this watch is meant to be worn on the NATO. But I like that that's the option. And if I was mm-hmm. going to, like, a black tie event, that probably would be what I'd put on there because I want to elevate it. And it almost makes the watch a different watch almost because yep. it's yep. so different with the NATO on it. But that's what comes included in the box. And then, you know, you got your booklet and the card holders um, – it says 007 on it, and it's just like everything is 007. It's like branded, and it's all tied in. And then the watch just has the one little loop keeper right here, which I'm showing you guys. Um, mm-hmm. That's it. That's all you get. And then, like, obviously on the inside, it's a Spectre, but you don't see that. When it's low-key, I think that's most important. I could actually go without this saying 007, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I don't I don't need that there. That's all I, I like 100% about- agree with you. Like, I think... I think in the new film, they've almost gone overboard with some of the stuff they're doing, like um, the sunglasses they've bought out. It's like you are paying the same price for the branded sunglasses as these ones that are, you know, plain and screen accurate. And I just, I'm not a fan of like having it in your face. I like wearing the stuff that's screen accurate, not, you know, James Bond doesn't walk around being like, oh, I'm 007. Um, and hey, double seven. Yeah. <laughs> well, what number am I again? Let me have a look on my glasses or the back of my watch and that. But I think, yeah, having that on the casing and you know having it on the, you know, like the the bezel and stuff like that. I just, sorry, the box, things like that. I just think it's perfect. Like you still get that feeling that you've got something from James Bond, but when you've got your watch, it's just a watch and it's just mm-hmm. a luxury item by itself. Exactly. And on the new watch, I think they did an excellent job of that. Um, Just like with the watch itself, it just is 007 really small on the inside, on the casing back. And then those numbers they put in there, you know, to describe the military stuff. I like those kind of touches. Those are fine. It's discreet. It's not in your face. Like, that's how it should be, you know. Mm -hmm. 
But then it's like they give you the watch pouch and then they don't include anything. I was looking forward to a box that said no time to die on it. I'm not going to lie. That's yeah, what I was yeah. hoping for, you know. So it was a mess in my book. I was actually just walking past the Omega place, went in and they showed it to me. Like they had one there and they said, there you go, have a look. And they were great. But it's just so interesting how I think, like you're saying, you just want to be treated with a bit of respect. Like you're saying with the $50,000 watch, $50,000 to someone is the same as someone else spending $200 on a watch. Like it's it's all relative in what you're right. buying. and Absolutely. They're a lot of money. That's the end of it. Like, you know, yeah. we sort of covered it. And when you go and spend a lot of money, you just want to be treated, you know, well. That's all you mm-hmm. really ask for. That's just, and it's sales, sales 101, man. You yeah. know what I mean? My dad. Don't be a dick. Who, me? No, no, no. I'm not just shouting at you, don't be a dick. Sorry. No, sales 101, don't be a dick. No, so my dad retired from was uh, BPL's, BPL sales North America for a machine tool supply, supplier here. Now I can't talk. Fuck. Um, but, uh, but basically, no, I mean, he's, you know, and, and he instilled this through, you know, in my life, even as a kid, I mean, we used to go to like work parties and he'd be like, go up and say hi to my boss. And I'd be like seven. I'd be like, why? And he'd be just go do it. So I'd be like, hi, Mr. So-and-so I'm Luke Taggart. And he's like, oh, okay. And I'd be like, you know, my dad be like, (laughs) (laughs) but like, you know, you never, first off, you never know who this person is. Like you could be somebody from Omega corporate. You could be somebody from the studio. You could be a billionaire you know what i mean i mean you could raise hell on this store and the thing is it it shouldn't matter who you are they always you know especially a luxury watch but like jake said too like i should be able to go buy a seiko and be treated like a god yeah for me it was it was interesting and jake i'm gonna have you touch on this too um you know after i bought this I went in there probably within a day and obviously, you know, the three of us know that this wasn't like, you know, $600. I mean, it was still pretty, you know, expensive. And the thing is, it's like, uh, I, I searched for this watch for a long time. I, it was the serial number, you know, or the model number needed to be right. It needed to be basically mint, you know what I mean? Different things right. that I needed it to have. And the one thing I was looking for when I went in there to see if it needed to be adjusted, I remember taking it off and, and I, I kind of showed it to her. I was like, yeah, you know, I just, I just bought this one here and I wanted just like, Oh, that's beautiful. Or, Oh, oh, congratulations. I didn't get shit. You know what I mean? She's just like, she's just like, well, throw it on real quick. So I I put it on and she's like, I just hold your wrist out. I went like that. And she's like, no, that that's fine. She's like, maybe in the winter come back, but that's fine. And I was just like, so that's it. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm, I guess maybe that's too much to ask, but like, I know, I know if I was working there, it wouldn't be like, oh, you didn't buy it from us, or oh, you're not in to buy one. It'd be well, that's a beautiful watch. Congratulations. Well, Luke, how can I see how much space you actually have there? Hey, hey, that's a beautiful watch you got there. Yeah, that's a that beautiful is a beautiful watch. watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, man. Congratulations, mate. I should have been like, I should have been like, oh, <laughs> sir, this, this is a beautiful watch, woman. <laughs> But Jake, I, I'm curious, Jake, if you, because you didn't buy yours from Omega, have you gotten it serviced or anything at an Omega boutique in, in Australia, mate? And yeah. what have they, how have they behaved when you went in there? Yeah, like, I think it's interesting because I, I have heard a lot of stories. And like I said, I think 
over here it's just a slightly different experience and probably the only time that i went in was to look at that no time to die watch and they just bent over backwards for me and i took my watch off i had the omega on and they made the point of you know talking about my watch as well and i thought that was fantastic it wasn't just there you go there's a no time to die watch do you want to buy it do you want to buy it do you want to buy it because that's you know that's not going to help anything it was i took my watch off and she was almost looking at my watch whilst i was looking at the no time to die watch and she was sort of you know oh yeah you know that's really nice watch really good every day and was talking to me about my watch as well and that meant a lot to me as almost like it made me engage with her to that mm-hmm. sort of that far better level like what you should have had as well like what you're saying i i did have that if that makes sense um but at the same time like i've also been to watch the switzerland with with a friend of mine who um was buying a watch as well and they were just a nightmare in there as well so you know it's like you said i know that that's one specific watch of switzerland because i've actually been to another one i've been to one in london and i've been to one like at an airport i think it was and they were fantastic like bent over backwards to i think that was actually mm-hmm. a spectre watch that they were showing me when when that was sort of out and once again bent over backwards i wasn't going to buy it but they were more than happy to to show it to me and stand there and talk to me for 10 minutes but yeah like you said i think it's so dependent on the store like you can you can walk into one and they will be your best mate and you feel comfortable buying it from them. you walk like and then actually i'm just remembering this now i went to another one and i walked in and i was with my wife and i wanted to show her the no time to watch you know like plant the seed just be like yeah one day one day you're gonna see this on my wrist um and i, I walked in and i was like oh have you got the no time to die watch i didn't look bit of it's on me because i was literally standing in front of it and didn't notice it but um she was like oh yeah there pointed at like this glass display cabinet behind me and then just walked off and I was like, oh, okay, that's great. They were go, yes, please. Can I please spend loads of money with you now? Thank you. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just wondering how that situation was going to go. And that's what I was saying, Luke, don't be a dick. I promise I wasn't talking to you. I wasn't just screaming at you. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first the time, man. Be the first <laughs> but you know what? It is weird as hell to me that you guys have two stores in common and polar opposite experiences yeah. at each one of those stores. That is very, very interesting. So, um, before we wrap up, I asked Lorenzo to rank his top five watches that he owns. Um, do you want to start with number five and give us a little reason why? Yes. <laughs> so basically for me, number five, and for ranking these watches is very difficult. Mm-hmm. For the fact <laughs> of the matter of, of they're all beautiful, they're all gorgeous, and everyone, you know, on my page, when I ask, you know, open questions to my followers, the question always pops in there. What's your favorite? First mm-hmm. of all, that's like telling your three kids you have a favorite. You can't do that. Even though you have a favorite, you can't tell them that, you know? <laughs> so no, the, the truth is they're to me, when I look at them, they're different. They all do different things for me that like, as far as like when I put it on in certain ones, I feel more comfortable doing like, if I'm going to have like more of a lax day and I don't want to have to worry about what's on my wrist versus a day where I'm like, oh, I need that that power tie moment, you know, with my watch. I need that power watch on, you know, and it really dictates what I do put on my wrist that day. But for me personally, when I rank these, I just included the Aquaterras, both versions. Mm-hmm. I know it says there's a huge difference between them. And let me tell you, 
There is a difference between them, but it is still hard to buy watches that look identical almost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only difference is, as well, this one's a 38.5, and this one's a 41.5, and this one has a brush bracelet. And this, to me, it's like, unless it's like completely color and styling difference, it's the same watch in my eyes. And right. I think that was like really difficult for me to do was, okay, I'm going all in. I'm going to buy every single one that I can get my hands on that's been worn in the movie. And I did wait to buy the, the 45 and a half in Casino Royale with the rubber strap. Mm-hmm. That was the last ones I waited to buy. And I wanted the Spectre No Time to Die Aquaterra, but I bought the Skyfall one first because I knew that was the sleeper. I knew that watch was going to be a very difficult to watch to get later because they only made it for so long that way. And then they removed the date window and kept making it. So I was like, mm-hmm. I better get that one first and then I'll get the one I really wanted. So anyway, okay. To the ranking. So <laughs> number five on my list is, um, the planet ocean from Quamasolus. And it's very hard to put that one that low because to me, in my eyes, Brosnan's watch was the Diver 300M. This is the equivalent for Daniel Craig. Mm-hmm. That watch is it's just the perfect version. It's not overstated. It's not understated. You know, it's just, I look at that watch and the design and the balance. And this one grew on me like crazy because I hated that watch the first time I saw it. And yeah. that's why I picked the Diver 300M is because I looked at that and I was like, that's not the Bond watch. And, you know, I just dismissed it off into the corner. And then once I finally owned it, I was like, this is like a really well-balanced everyday watch. Like you can dress it up, you can dress it down. And for me personally, if you're looking for a bang for your buck, first purchase, first Omega, that's the direction I'm pushing someone because Mm -hmm. you get axial movement in it and you get a black face, which I feel like a black face watch goes with everything. It's hard to dress up a blue watch with certain things, you know? Yeah. So, That was number five, and it was very hard to put that one there because, to me, that is the quintessential Daniel Craig watch that that really – because, I mean, let's be honest. Kwame Souls is the best stylish movie that Daniel Craig has done. Mm -hmm. Fit clothing, type of clothing, like, to me, that was the best. And, you know, the watch didn't miss, and that watch was worn throughout the whole entire movie, and it was the only watch. So. Okay, I will stop gushing over that watch. <laughs> I'll stop gushing over number five. Yeah, was that the 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 big size too, the forty five? That one was a forty two. That was the other one I had trouble buying because I had the forty two and I'm like, oh, I gotta buy the forty. And that watch is identical. The only difference is the strap and the size. So yeah. at least the aquatures, there's enough differences where you're like, okay, I can kind of justify that. But to buy a watch that's the exact same and just size different and I could just switch the strap, that was a hard one to kind of commit to. But yeah, I did it. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> finally moving on from number five. So number four, I'm going to say, is obviously the Aquaterra. And the only reason I'm putting the Aquaterra at number four is because I have I have a I love the Aquaterra, but it's just, it's a really dressy watch. And mm-hmm. I personally have trouble down dressing that watch, especially the bigger one because of the brush bracelet. 
and it scratches. I mean, that was everyone's complaint about that bracelet is is the polished center link scratches and it's hard to like maintain and make it look beautiful. And it's just to me, if I'm putting that watch on, I want to wear it with a suit or I want to wear it with something like elevated. And so I'm putting it number four. I don't want to, but I am putting it there because of how you gotta kind of baby it. You gotta kind of baby that watch a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, I like that. Jake, how do you feel with the uh is it difficult for you to maintain as well? Yeah, it is. Like it, my one um, covered in like very micro scratches, but it's covered in it. But that's, I suppose, yeah, it's, I, I doesn't bother me so much. But I know that if people, you know, if that annoyed people, that would do their head in. But I almost yeah. sort of, I bought mine. It had a couple on it anyway, and I was just sort of like, you know, this is my everyday watch. But I do know what you mean. Um, I think. Because I've got the grey face, I find it that little bit easier to dress it down just mm-hmm. compared to the blue face because I think that that blue face is that much dressier that wearing yeah. that with a T-shirt can sometimes, I don't know, it just maybe wouldn't necessarily do it for me. But having that grey face, like you were saying, with the black face on the, the watch before, just makes it that bit easier for me. Yeah, I could tell you it would bother the hell out of me because the first scratch I got on mine which you can't really see, but I can see. Yeah. I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> that first bang on the table when you absolutely oh, smash oh, it on there when you walk past, oh, oh, that's yeah, the one that kills. And then yeah, past that, you just like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, at the restaurant, like night one restaurant, I'm like, uh, waiter, yeah, just uh, just like a, a Stella. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> The one that gets me is the mailbox. When I go to like stick my hand in to grab the mail, I'm like, oh my god, this is like a death trap for a watch. So I just start getting variety. I'll open yeah. it. I just go with the right hand now. I'm just like, forget mm-hmm. it. It's not worth it. But yeah, another walk. No, go ahead. Oh, I was like, or like when you're going upstairs and you're not paying attention because you're at home, it's like bang, and you're just like, oh no, mm-hmm. and you're immediately like. Like looking, <laughs> like oh my god, where's the mark at? I need to find it. Uh, one th- another thing uh, I learned from my parents was to always keep like a microfiber towel in the car for the dash and the screen. You know what I mean? They just baby the shit out of their cars. And in my truck, I keep that towel in the door on the left. And now it's that reaching in between the seat and the door. Needless to say, the towel is now in the center console, and it's like yep. a uh, yep. all right hand. You know what I mean? Like no way. But number three, what is your number three? Okay, number three. Um, and you're gonna kind of—I'll explain my picks afterwards because people are gonna be like, "How did he not put this in the top five? But number three is gonna be the Skyfall Planet Ocean, and the only reason I picked that one as as number three is because of the ceramic bezel. I love things that are durable. <laughs> I don't want like an aluminum bezel just gives me anxiety all over. Like, like it takes one motion into that mailbox and you're going to have a nice scratch on there forever. Mm-hmm. And I just love knowing that that watch, that watch, I consider it a tank. You know, I was talking to someone recently about it and they're like, what is the most durable watch you own? And I said, the point of ocean watch from Skyfall. Absolutely. And um, I love so I love the ceramic bezel on that watch. I love that all the um, the mar- uh, the the hour markers like the nine, the six, the three, and the twelve, they're all stamped metal and they're ap- applied to the surface. They're not painted on. Mm-hmm. It's just that watch can be very dressed up, or it can just come across as a this is a very like 
nice everyday watch because of the gray on the black dial. So I tend to like, I put that one up a little higher because that to me, like when I first got it, I was just like, I'm not wearing this. This is extremely heavy. And I started putting it on, wearing it. And then I'd see myself going in the box for it again. And I was like, I like this as an everyday watch. This is not that bad. Um, it does wear quite big. I will say it is pretty thick watch, but, um, if I was going to take it off and use it as a knuckle duster, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel <laughs> that, that I'm going to do that because that thing looks like it do some damage, but yeah, that watch, um, I think it's very underrated. And the only sad thing is, is the one Daniel wore in the movie was a custom titanium one. And this one's a steel on steel. So it would have been nice if they would have done a, the titanium version. I think, for the size of that watch, it could really use that that weight difference. Mm-hmm. But I still, it's still a great watch. So yeah, that's number that three. Is, that is one of my favorites as well. Bucket list one for me. What is your number two? I mean, come on, guys. I mean, the reality is, is one and two are very interchangeable. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with... God, even right now, I want to change my mind with what I I'm know what they're going to be. I think I know what they both are. Well, of course. I think. <laughs> so I ranked mine. I put the No Time to Die watch second. Mm-hmm. And I had to use every ounce of my strength to do that because I love a lot of things about this new watch. Um, I get the question quite a bit about what do I like better, bracelet or NATO? And I tell everyone, I was like, I like both. I prefer a bracelet, but this Melanese bracelet, it is the best of both worlds. You get the durability of a bracelet, you get, but you get the weight of a NATO. You get the scratch resistance of a NATO, but you get the you get the look of a bracelet. So there's just mm-hmm. so many things that go into this new bracelet that I love, and I mean I hope they they make this this kind of strap like or bracelet I should say more of a common thing because if they just do it for this watch it'll be a little disappointing I mean I think they could do a little bit different styling if they want to change it up but kudos to them for for the bracelet was a home run for me getting mm-hmm. like doing that styling was something completely different and I think for anyone getting a new bond watch or seeing the new bond watch they just want it to be different and for me that was the biggest thing when I heard it was going to be brown I was just like brown like like i was kind of like can i do brown mm-hmm. and then you know i was just skeptical about it but then i saw the strap and i saw the actual color of it and i was like this is an incredible looking watch very retro very military inspired and i was just like this is a solid watch yeah so, see yeah. it's funny because from what i can see with your outfit you have on right now i feel like that watch would look pretty killer but it's not the watch you chose <laughs> Which is your number one, if I had to guess. <laughs> yes. So, and the reason the Spectre watch gets is number one over the No Time to Die watch, it's very simple. It's a limited edition watch. It's very hard to get, you know, and, you know, they could have done that with the new watch. They chose not to. It's fine. That wasn't the main reason. The main reason I picked the Spectre watch over the No Time to Die watch is this liquid metal bezel and it being bi-directional and being a GMT is something that's actually functional for me. Mm-hmm. If I'm going back to the East Coast, which, spoiler alert, I will be in the East Coast next weekend. Nice. Uh, we might be visiting some friends. <laughs> but um, 
I love that I don't have to change the time of my watch. I just turn my bezel and boom, I have the time. And it's a convenience and it's something I actually use versus a diving mm-hmm. bezel that's unidirectional that will just count down lapse time. So mm-hmm. I love that about this, the durability of it and the look. It's just a very rich looking watch. And a little side story real quick. Um, I, I've never had anyone like stop me in my tracks and be like, oh my God, cool watch. But uh, – I think it was a month after I bought I bought this watch. I was out to brunch with some friends. Yeah, obviously you guys know I do brunch a lot, and <laughs> and we're ordering we're we're like getting our drink orders in. I'm doing a mimosa, and like the whole table is doing mimosas, and the waiters like pouring water, and I'm in mid conversation with the people at the table, and the guy literally comes back, gets close to me, and goes, "Is that the James Bond watch?" And I'm like, it, "Like I've never had that happen before," and I was mm-hmm. like yes i was like this is a specter watch and he was just like i've never seen one before can i see it and i'm just like well i'm not taking it off but you can look at it (laughs) you want my number too (laughs) (laughs) but i just i've never seen and he kept talking about like he'd go away come back to the table and he just keep talking about i'm just like you know and i understood that i just didn't want to be rude to the people i was with at the table but i could have sat there and talked to the waiter about it all day like i Mm -hmm. love talking but it was just like a like for me it was just like something i never expected would happen like i didn't think it would draw that kind of attention but um it's just i know like you guys had mentioned like the whole like nato on an expensive watch is like kind of like it's a trendy thing but i mean that's essentially what it is and for me i've i tend to keep my watches on how they come if they come on the bracelet, that's how I'm wearing it. Every once in a while, I'll throw a different strap on there, but it's very rare. I, I'm a purist. I kind of like it mm-hmm. how it comes. But this watch, it's supposed to be on NATO, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really interesting with that watch. Like, um, exactly like you're saying, someone was able to come up, and because of that time, there weren't a huge amount of luxury watches on that NATO strap. And, like, now you look at that NATO strap and – People are reselling sort of replicas and that, and they're calling it like Bond NATO strap and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. I would argue that that has become one of the most famous Bond watches ever just because of how it's presented with that strap. And I think No Time to Die has got that possibility as well. Maybe not to the same level, but still being able to have that power when it comes out of if you're wearing that watch with that titanium sort of that mesh Milanese strap, people are going to recognize it like they did with that one you know you see it in the film it's presented in a way that then a waiter is able to come up and go holy shit is that the you know james bond watch whereas mm-hmm. with a lot of the like you know an aquaterra for example no one's going to come up and be like oh my god is that what daniel craig was wearing in that really brief cutscene? like <laughs> just a very different way they sort of presented it and yeah i think that's what daniel story. craig had on when he jumped that girl in the shower in skyfall <laughs> 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 I watched that Daniel Craig was like, operating that digger on that train, moving train. Was that the yeah. watch that they zoomed in on? Is that it? <laughs> so, I mean, there's just so many aspects of this this particular model that that it just gives it a slight edge. I mean, they're both amazing watches. And someone asked me yesterday, like, because I did another open questionnaire, they're like what would be your dream bond watch? And I told him, I was like, literally take this watch and the new watch and make something that is in between both of them. And I would love it. Mm-hmm. Like that would be an excellent bond watch. So, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I think that does it for questions for me. Anything else, Jake, before we let Lorenzo go? 
No, I think we should let you go. Enjoy the rest of your birthday. Um, thank you so much for, for coming on. It's been a great chat, I think. I know as soon as we did our episode on the on watches, we got to the end and went, oh, why did we do that and not have Lorenzo mm-hmm. on? So thank you so much for joining I'll, us. It was... Thank you. And I will tell you guys, it was. I, I remember that was actually the first one of your podcasts I listened to. It was back in April, and I or not April, I mean August. And I remember you guys calling my name out, and I'm just like, I'm like looking around the room. I'm like, it was a surreal moment for me. I was just like, holy shit. And I was like, all right, well, I got, I better fulfill this commitment. These boys want to talk to me. I better talk to them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we we're, trust me. We we pay respect where respect is due. That is for sure. I will. Say, I mean, before before joining this community, I thought I knew a lot about Omegas. Or and I, I'm just a watch guy in general, which is why I feel like, not to harp on this, but I think that's why some of these Omega or watch store employees aren't very good. Maybe they're just not watch people. Because I think if you are, you could talk about them all day. But once I started following your page, I was like, I don't know shit, <laughs> like yeah, about I'm, anything. <laughs> I'm still learning too, man. To be honest with you, there are little things I get from people, you know, random people, and I'll go back and I'll look into it, and I'm like, holy shit, I just learned something. But I mean, guys, I just want to tell you, like, thank you again for having me on. And it was, I love what you guys are doing. I think this is, this thing's catching fire and it's great. I, I love the people you've had on and keep going, man. I, just keep it coming. I, I mean, you, when I'm at the gym, you're the podcast I'm listening to. So appreciate that. No, Thanks, thank buddy. you. Thanks, man. Well, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks again to Lorenzo. You can find him on Instagram at Omega Bond Watches. And uh, Jake, unless you have anything else to add, I think we will see everybody next week. Yeah, perfect. Thanks, guys. Las Vegas with your neon flashing and your one-arm bandits crashing and all those holes down the drain. Las Vegas turning day into nighttime, turning night into daytime. If you see it once, you'll never be the same again. Keep on the run, I'm gonna have me some fun It cost me my very last dime If I wind up broke, well, I'll always remember that I had a swing in time I'm gonna give it everything I've got Lady luck, please let the dice stay hot Let me shoot a seven with every shot Beaver! James Bond.